All right, Lydia, what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. Uh, back live here, it's me, Lady Ada, Mr. Lady Ada. We're broadcasting from a secret location in downtown Manhattan. Um, but it's not about us for the next half an hour. We're going to check in with people from the maker community, uh, Adafruiters and friends and other people who want to come by. Uh, we're on StreamYard. Anybody is welcome to join. Link is in Discord. Go to Discord if you want to join in. And if you're watching come this um, not live, you can come by every single week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Come by. Um, it's Martintosh. You can show cool retro Max stuff, so all of your projects and more. We usually have guests and more this week. We have a lot of Adafruit folks. It's been a Show while since we've been here hosting. Um, so this is really good. Let's start off with Scott, because you're the first one on the list right here. How's Sweet. it going? Yeah. Oh, you've heard my saga, but I wanted to, to yeah. let people know. Share so, your pain. So we have the IMXRT. Um, which is this cool new chip. It's 500 megahertz or 600 megahertz, depending on which version you're looking at. It's super fast. And I've been working on performance improvements. And two days ago, I got it running twice as fast. And now I can't get it running twice as fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have, I have a build of CircuitPython. I have the binary of it. And I can confirm that the tests run, the USB works. Uh, and the benchmarks run twice as fast, but I don't know why. Um, mm. So I made some changes to my code since then, and I can't replicate it like on the Metro. I have it on the EVK that it runs that fast, but on a Metro, it doesn't. Um, mm. And I think I did load the newer version onto the EVK as well, and it was also slow. So um, yeah, if anybody's has their interest peaked by how do you figure out what's different between a binary of CircuitPython and what you can build on a branch? Um, let me now hit me up on Discord. I'd love some help and some eyeballs to figure out uh, what's making it so much faster. Best of luck. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. This is the, yeah, this That's is the first weird. time. It's very weird. I, I like, I just ran it again and it's did, just like. Did you restart it? <laughs> yeah, I mean this on and turn it back off. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what it is. Um I can run it over UR and I can run I can run the benchmark over UR or USB and it's it's twice as fast than what I can run over Metro from what I thought was the same code. All right. Well, everyone, um we'll we'll sweeten the pot. Uh I don't know what the bounty is I'm gonna offer. But if you help Scott out and you figure it out, um, you get something cool. Maybe some IMX hardware. <laughs> okay. Maybe yeah. a J Link. Yeah. Or, or maybe all of those things. So um, if you really if you really want to come save the day and get some free cool stuff from from Adafruit, uh, mm -hmm. go help Scott. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Discord Circuit Python channel. Yep. All right. Thank you, Scott. All right. Next up, uh, Jepler, what you got going on this Hello. week? Hello. So I've been playing with ChatGPT, and uh, one of the things I did was write a uh, terminal-based interface to it. So uh, this is running This is running on my local computer, but then it connects over the internet to um, the ChatGPT server. And I'm just going to take a wild stab at this, but uh, maybe we can solve the problem of... How to speed up code? <laughs> oh, here's a few ways. Yeah. So Scott, if you're listening, 
Think about hey, some of these things on. that ChatGPT is saying. GPT <laughs> is already on this. Um, Use multi-threading, Scott. It does. Does it have neon, Cindy? I don't. I I don't know. I, I don't I think it has neon. All of these facts. Yeah, yeah um, I think that's that's a little far-fetched, but okay. Yeah. So, it's very convincing. This was a, a really fun kind of learning project for me, um, both learning how the chat, uh, the the OpenAI API works, and like how to stream the result and get the partial results yeah. as you go. And um, it means that I can store my conversations on my computer and refer back to them later. Yeah. And um, yeah, this uh, package called Textual is really neat for creating these terminal-based user interfaces. So if you're into that kind of thing, um, check it out. It works great with Python. And right. I was up and running and doing stuff in just a little while. Uh, this is up on my GitHub. I'll drop a link to it in the Discord. So uh, if you want to try it out, uh, I'd really love your feedback. It's open source waiting for that first pull request from somebody who is not me. This is so neat because we spent so much time on Python and microcontrollers, and Python's really good at text stuff. Mm -hmm. And there is an unending stream of text that you can access now that you know debates aside about what you know ChatGPT is. Um, you know, sometimes it gives back not great search information, but for summarizing, for some like interesting uh, creative things like write a story. Um, it's really fun. And mm -hmm. it just reminds me of the few times that we get a little glimpse of when technology is fun again. Um, this is but kind of fun. Don't trust it on facts. Yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> no, it's like you should use multi threading. There's no multiple. Yeah. Like, it's just nonsense. No, but like a star, a star Trek, like star Wars story. That's super fun. Mm -hmm. Like, it's already, you're already like, I'm in a fantasy world. Now I want a computer to like, you know, help. I want to hear a story. Um, okay, well, very cool, Jeff. Thank you so much. Yep. Okay. See you around. Okay, next. Uh, Trevor, what you got going on? Let's see. Oh, you are muted, Trevor. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Hey. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's come by. Yeah. All right. So this is what I got going on. So I put together a mini weather station using the ESP32S2 with TFT, uh, TFT display and a light pole battery. Uh, so basically, uh, basically here we are gathering data from open weather maps. Uh, and you can see that there is like the current temperature, uh, mm -hmm. the high and the low of the day. And there's a background. I don't know if you see that back there. Yeah. But basically, uh, this tells you the condition of the day. So, like, if it's raining, it'll have like a little, uh, like a, like a, like a cloud with raindrops uh, yeah. background. Or if it's snowing, like yesterday, it'll have like a little snowflake. And yeah, so that's basically my project. I put it on my desk, and you know, I don't have to look at my phone during the day. I just and you stay inside and code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least you know what it would be like if you went I've outside. Seen, I've seen folks. Um, Take these like IoT examples that are really simple, um, but you can do a lot more with for single serving applications at home. I remember someone said, "All I want to know is, do I bring an umbrella or not?" That's it. So if there's an um, so if you need an umbrella, it lights up their umbrella stand, and that's kind of neat because you and you could do that now with what you have. You just be like, "Oh, if it's only if it's raining, then then uh, then light up the the NeoPixel the NeoPixel screen." That's very true. I can't do that. Yeah, so that's a fun idea because that's all they cared about. All they care is about umbrella. So something terrible must have happened. And I forgot umbrella ones, but okay. okay. All right, Trev. Bye, thanks, Trev. Thanks so cool. much. And what you got going on this week? 
Hi, as uh, you've seen in previous demonstrations, I like to restore old IBM machines. Now, I've tended to stay away from the PS2 line, which uh, started out in the late 80s and into the 90s, but I decided to hit my head against a wall and, and make an attempt at it. So this is uh, model 55SX. It has a 386SX processor and uh, it has the, the lovely, very heavy uh, Model M keyboard that, that people really like and this crummy little uh, VGA display that has a lot of underscan, overscan. Well, it's tiny and there's no actual little knobs to, to adjust for. But um, I was, I'm, to the internet, I made uh, the special diskette to, uh, to load the magic codes back onto it. And I found that it had a bonus diskette from the, well, it says 93 inside the disk drive. So uh, mm -hmm. a bonus there, but um, like what's common with these is there's a Dallas clock chip and it's potted and it has a dead battery in it. And uh, I think Lemore's talked about these before and um, I've got a little chip to replace it. Although there's a procedure to use a Dremel and kind of grind into it and put a battery in, and replace it there. So. I may take a stab at that too, but um, it just seems that it won't load the configuration until you have the clock going. So I'll have to do that. Then I can see if this beautiful 60 megabyte drive, which is not any standard uh, that's known to man, it's uh, ESDI, <laughs> so you can't just go out and buy one. Um, lots of proprietary parts on these. Um, so it's just going to be step by step by step trying to resurrect it and i did find out today that there's a company that makes a micro channel card you know it doesn't use the old isa cards that um that has uh ide um hard disk interfaces on Ooh. it that would be great because that means you could put a more modern hard disk or they have uh, IDE to SD card or CF card yeah. adapters, and then you could just boot off a two gigabyte SD card that doesn't cost much of anything these days. Two species of computers that were never meant to meet each other in nature. Mm. Welcome to Anne's Jurassic IBM computer collection. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Anne. Keep coming back and showing this off. Sure. And uh, if you follow my Twitter that's on the screen there, I'll have pointers to my blog and it'll be documented so other folks that want to do this kind of thing uh, can see how to do it. All right. Thanks so much. Next up, Aaron. What you got going on this week, Aaron? Hey. Uh, so this week I have made a pretty cool little project. It is a dragon. And I got a Chinese Yay. dragon corporation from Amazon and put a circuit playground express inside of his mouth with some little fiber fill on there. And then I hooked him up to some code where if I make him dance, then Ooh. that dragon lights up. I've got a strip of neopixels that goes down. And now, of course, he's all tangled up with his foot. Yeah. For show and tell because that that's what happens. It's work, but um, dragons uh, this is a pretty simple project. It's Oh, there we go. It's um, real easy. Like it's just a, a couple of connections with the circuit playground and a couple of zip ties. Whoop. 
And then I did the code in make code. So uh, came up with a pretty cool little flame effect, which uh, runs all the way through the length of his body. So this is a super cool project, uh, easy to do for kids, everything like that. Um, and he's really fun. <laughs> like I can't stop just dancing. Yeah, that is neat. Yeah. Outstanding. All right. And I think we're playing the video tonight on Ask an Engineer. Yeah, great. Nice work. All right. I was inspired by when we went to see the, the dragon. We went to the, uh, Chinese New Year Chinese in Chinatown and it was amazing. And we're like, oh, this is going to give us some ideas. And here we are. For the next year. Yeah. All right. Oh. Thanks so much, Aaron. Yeah. And he's my new friend. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, friend. everyone loves dragons, including Pedro and Dragons. Yeah. All right. Now, um, am I bringing you and Pedro on or just you and then Pedro? No, we got separate projects this week. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. So uh, this was a fun uh, project uh, idea from Lamar. Uh, a star. So we a star fragment. Um, you can find these objects in video games like uh, Animal Crossing and Zelda. Um, so this is uh, 3D printed, and it's powered by the Cutie Pie ESP, uh, ESP32S2. And it's also got the NeoPixel BFF um, driver board on there. Um, but what's cool about it is that it uses uh, the open media, uh, open media API to know when the sun is rising and when the sun is setting. That way, the light, the NeoPixels that are inside, will turn on when the sun sets, and it turns off when the sun rises. So it's kind of like automating your lamp. Um, so uh, it's it's got two NeoPixels uh, sticks inside of it, and it's um, all 3D printed without support material. And um, we also have like a 3D printed stand for it too with a little base. You can just kind of rest it on there if you want. Um, so it sits on your night nightstand uh, nicely. Um, but yeah, it's just a fun kind of IoT lamp that uh, that kind of takes away the uh, the hassle of having to turn it on and off um, when uh, when you want. So uh, check it out. It's on the the Learn system right now. And uh, yeah, I have another one here. If you eat that, do you become invincible for like 30 seconds or how's it? Yes. <laughs> um, maybe. maybe. Okay. You feel invincible. All right. All right. Thanks so much, Harry. All right. Yeah. Cool. Nice work. All right, Pedro, what you got going on? Hey, guys. Hey, sorry, I couldn't come on last week. I was stuck in the grid, but got yeah. the uh, Tron disk <laughs> to show off this. Your, your disk was at the dry cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think the cool like golden nugget for this project for me anyway was just like the running vest thing. I don't know they made these. It would have been so cool when we were doing the the fairy wings. Definitely would have. Yeah. Them. So it's a running vest that you can put what like water bottles or like sport, sport gel. You can put like yeah. a bigger battery in here. There's like oh, your phone. Yeah, your phone and all that. I I didn't know crap. And like the mesh on the back is like excellent for mounting or not even you don't even have to sew anything. I'm just using like fishing wire to attach like the yeah, oh. on there. But of course the main project is the um the Tron disc, which yeah. I just saw Disney announced theirs uh yesterday. And of course they saw your colors. project, that's why. Dude, the change the colors are charging you to these little chips you gotta put in to change the color. It's like, come on, guys. And then like oh, man. You gotta oh, get really? the backpack. You have, to, you, have, play to play. you have to pay money yes. to change the color yeah. in the disc. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's come What's on. What's funny yeah. is how every every physical object is turning into a business model or a subscription. So lightsabers are the same way. So it's like, okay, you can do that, pay that, or like just build your own. You can change part of part of Disney Plus. You can change the color of your. Yes. Isn't that funny? Okay. Well, I'm glad you're fighting for the users. <laughs> how funny, yeah. But yeah, the, user because it's you could own the disc. You I mean, don't have to pay are they making like printers with ink or something? Like it just reminds me of that. Oh yeah. my God. They would, they would, huh? 
But yeah. I think the one cool thing about them is that they uh, they have like Bluetooth speakers. So you can like have a speaker. Oh, it's really. Oh, that's not a bad everything, idea. So Disney does cool stuff. It just gets super weird sometimes when it's like, okay, like to change the color of the physical thing you bought, you have to buy this other thing. So like sad. for some stuff I can get like, oh, maybe sounds or something like maybe music they, tracks. They didn't do much. Okay, get it. No, they got a license as an audio, but like, exactly. you know, yeah, no, no motion activation. For maybe five people. bucks a month. All right. <laughs> but yeah, the, the learn guides on build your own. It's easy to print should fit on all printers. And yeah, <laughs> you don't have to pay to change your color. Yeah. What, what was the name? Uh, it's, it was master computer, but no, what was, it was Sark. And then after, after and Tron. yeah, and then afterwards, it, every it, the, the original nineteen like eighty something, yeah. Tron. and it like after it was finishing spinning, it was just like an old guy with a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. name. I, I'm sure there's like some fandom page where it's like they know the exact name of that yeah. that character. Anyways, that's all I got. <laughs> okay, good stuff. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, next up, we're gonna go to we're gonna do uh, Steve. Do you want to oh no, John Park. Sorry. Then we're gonna get it. So here's on deck. Uh, Steve, you're right up after JP. JP, what you got going on? Hey. Uh, so I've got a couple things. Uh, if you show my uh, shared screen, yes, there. Uh, so I've been working on uh, updating my little hex pad. So this is the PCB I designed in Fritzing and uh, made a revision. Got got a nice working version, and I've got the little reverse mount NeoPixels, our low profile chalk switches, and a QDPI RP. 2040 down there. It's acting right now as a USB MIDI keyboard. You could use it for USB HID and other things. Uh, and the, the, the key thing is these cool keycaps that Lamore found first. Um, and they're commercially available, but we're going to be working on doing a 3D printable version mm -hmm. of them because they're kind of hard to find at the moment. Uh, and I just finished designing this little case for it that uh, is just kind of a one piece case that it screws into from the bottom so that we get a nice uh, fit. I've been updating the software, so now when it starts up, it uh, lets you pick some things. So I'm picking first the mode that I'm going to play in. So I can play it, let's say, in minor key. Uh, then I'm picking the root note. So I'll just go with this. Uh, and then I get a choice here. Do I want to play chords or do I want to play single notes? So I'll say we'll play chords. And now these are these sort of related musical notes. You can't play any bad keys. And they all play their own um, modal chords inside of that. the idea behind it you could use it for anything you want and the code will let you update those it's a musical things. instrument from logan's run nice <laughs> or it's like a Carousel. keyboard just for that was that the new york times like the their oh yeah spelling bee yeah it could spelling be a, it could well, be it's all reminds you of a spelling bee because it has you, you can have like, i did the little wordle one this i, I i'm wondering if it would uh hmm. be possible you just have to tell it what keys it's entering or if it's positional yeah it's positional so i don't mm -hmm. know it wouldn't work but still okay. uh, Evocative. <laughs> for a real fan. Yeah. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with that game, actually. That game uh, my is secret is when I play it, I immediately go for the pangram, and then I quit. I don't Yeah. Try yeah, you're so like, I'm done. I'm out of here. You know, sometimes there's more than one pangram. I know. And then I'm sad the next day yeah. when I find out. Uh, so my other cool thing uh, that I want to share is this is a really neat story here of a uh, synthesizer keyboard that I just got. And uh, you can see it's got one missing key there that I'm going to replace. Uh, this is a Casio CZ101, real popular uh, synth from the 80s, uh, which used a somewhat novel synth technique called phase distortion. Um, and I went and opened it up just to kind of clean it out, check things out. It's working fine, but I just wanted to 
get a look around and get ready to replace that key. Um, and when I was in there, I don't have it open right now, but if you if you go to my overhead, this is the first thing I saw when I when I unscrewed it and opened it up is this note. Whoa. So this is the guy that uh, it was the estate sale of this person. They owned the keyboard. Presumably they were the first owner and they made a modification to it. The CZ 101 memory expander mod made by Gary on this date. Uh, and then he says, see electronic musician magazine. July 86, issue page 64, article by Scott Morgan. Um, and I can see this really nice, clean uh, job of mostly just bodge wires uh, to allow this modification to work. The internet came through with this, which is a scan of the article. So I now have uh, documentation, <laughs> including this kind of old fashioned. Oh my goodness. Yeah, imagine you're, you're trying to figure out what trace to cut by measuring four and one eighth inches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's a couple more pages here. That well, show they you. didn't have, you know, how would you take a photo? There was no way to do that. Uh, you, you, had to do, you had to draw. I like right? how like, Gary commented his code physically. He did. For and so future I, generation. This is like the best documentation I've seen in a, on a physical actually, object like that. I'm going to print this all on one page, double-sided, and, and put it in there along with it. So the next, uh, the next we should also do 30 that. years gets cool. the whole article. We should, yeah, print, out, we should print out stuff and put it on there. And it's kind of, Kind of cool. What the mod is really about it is this is a memory expander card. Uh, so you could save 16 patches uh, on here, and it had 16 internal ones. You would buy this, and it would allow you to save an additional 16. Except that same card, if you bought a more expensive synth from Casio, would allow you to save 32. And so this mod lets this keyboard tell this cartridge, hey, I want to use that second bank uh, that you're hiding from me. So it's all about unlocking a thing you bought. Uh, and and I don't actually, I haven't looked that closely. This is like the K-cap of synthesizers. Is, yeah, they're like, don't lock me out if I bought this. I want 16. Um, and uh, last thing I'll say is I, I did open this up and put a new battery, a little coin cell battery in it. Cool. And I did leave a note saying, okay. Park and the date I changed the battery. So, so. Right. I think we're starting a trend here. We're all going to get with all our electronics. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, JP. And then um, everyone should tune into your shows this week. Yes, you should. Okay. Come on by. All right. And next up, Steve. Let's go, Steve. Oh, wow. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. What you got going on? Uh, yeah. I'm so nervous and I never do this. So, uh, really? it's okay. We don't. Nobody's watching. Nobody's it's watching. Us. Okay. It's just us. Yeah. Uh, what you got going on, Steve? I'm trying to find my, my, yeah, I never do this. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, this is my first uh, printed circuit board, and I'm hoping that Adafruit will, like, go, wow, this is a good idea. Uh, but it's basically um, six, six solenoids and controlled by an Arduino. Oh, do you have, did you have a, another camera on or something? Or? Can you hold it out, maybe? Yeah. No. Oh, you don't see it? No. Um, Do you have a, you're doing a screen share or something, or can you hold it up? I have a second camera. This is yeah. with OBS. You have to tell it, though. It's, uh, it's oh, no. not trivial. It's harder than the circuit board. Yeah, just put, if you I want to put the camera down. Yeah, just put the all right, so you've got print circuit board. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Ooh, now do, so nice. do, do it again, because we heard something. We heard it. Yeah, so... Oh, there you ah, go. It's, it's, a little like it's all uh, driven with a MOS, MOSFETs. So this is the board. This is cool. So 
you know, a maker doesn't really, if they want to make a project with solenoids, you don't have to do all this breadboarding because it's crazy breadboarding, you know? Yeah. So you got six solenoids and you run it with an Arduino. And uh, I didn't use delay in the code, so it's all millis. You can control the on and off time. So you, you could do two of these and, you you know, you'd have 12 solenoids. So um, I think I just think it's a good idea just, you know, to cut down on breadboarding. Yeah. This is a good idea. See, this is a good idea. If you want, email me, ptdatafruit.com. I can post it up online if people are interested or however you want to get the word out about it. Let me know. Yeah. Who do I email? Uh, me, ptdatafruit.com. PT. Yeah, P's and Peter, T's and Tom at datafruit.com. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right thanks, thanks for coming by, Steve. You did great, and keep coming by. That's so cool. I love it because it's like I feel like it's a little robotic hand. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, you could like put little ping pong on the end of those solenoids and shoot ping pongs off. Anyways. Yeah, if, you, if you had a project where you had a lot of solenoids, it would certainly cut down on yeah. on how much wiring you'd have to do. You could you can put it next to a bunch of bells or um, things that make noise when you get dinged. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably gonna put it on a, a toy piano. Good idea. You know, a kid's toy piano. Yeah. If you do that, come back and yeah. do a little. Do yeah, something. yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll do something with it. All right. Okay. We'll, we're lining up our next musical guest already. All right. Um, we're going to go to Sai, uh, and then we're going to go to Dilchi, and then DJ Devin. If you all could um, speed around just a little bit. We had a lot of people tonight. Oh, and then uh, Brandon is here, too. Um, if everyone keeps it to like a minute-ish, minute and a half, we can get to we, everyone. We people came in. Yeah, later. this is a giant show. This is right. great. All right, show us what you got. Sorry. Hi. Um, so yesterday was uh, Pi Day. Um, so to yeah. celebrate Pi Day, I designed a board using the RP2040 microcontroller. Um, it has um, 12 NeoPixels and 48 RGB LEDs. Um, the RGB LEDs actually use the driver... Uh, that's from the same family as the um, Lumisil driver that you're using for the LED glass. Yeah. Um, and I mounted a brass cutout of Pi on top of here. And it also, it also has a PDM microphone. And um, every time it detects one of three keywords, Pi 3.14 or irrational, it the LEDs actually change color. Nice. Uh, yeah, um, in the interest of time uh, and how, like, you know, I have a background noise going on. I don't want to show a demo. That's fine. We believe you. That's great. We believe you. We believe you. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but, you know, I published the project on Hackster with the video. And oh, cool. it, it, yeah, yeah. We'll post it up. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. Nice work. Um, if you email me, I can make sure uh, Anne specifically gets it. Anne will probably blog it up. Awesome. Right. Thank you. Good thank work. you so much, and thanks for coming by. Happy Pi Day. Happy Pi Day. Thank you. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Dolce. Dolce. Is there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We will try to come back to you. We'll come back to you. All right. Videos. DJ Devin and then Brandon. Brandon. DJ Devin, what you got? Brandon. Hello. Well, this is uh, Bluetooth going to my mail boombox. Yes. Uh, this is the transmitter side that will go in the mailbox and a distance sensor. So this is proof of concept. Uh, it's a 50, 50 centimeter. Ooh, got mail. <laughs> Yay! So, Good work. 
and uh, not the tidiest, but I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, you've got a mess. I'm yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, if you remember the dragon mask, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. I don't have my face you stuffed in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this has, um, whoop. See, you there goes the other side. Guys to get. Yeah. Uh, well, there is a tiny little slot here for a magnet, but I put it on the wrong side, so when it closes, the magnet's up. Uh, up yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, design flaw. Uh, so this is running on a Feather M4 attached to an RFM module, and inside is an RP2040 pink rear feather uh, running on the uh, the receiver side. That's along great. With some NeoPixels, 20-watt uh, amplifier, 10-watt speakers, Yes, I did cheat and use the I2S audio out. I know I'm not supposed to. Um, oh, and this doesn't have an antenna because of Desk of Lady Ada. I figured out I'm using a wrong antenna. It doesn't even connect. <laughs> so wow. I, have an, I have an adapter. So that, that yeah, yeah. Desk of Lady Ada was the most timely Desk of Lady Ada. <laughs> there you go. Because uh, I'm about to go on vacation and potentially um, – do a duplicate design of this uh, out in the field and knowing that yeah. that would have failed because the antennas aren't connected. Um, yeah, sometimes that, it works out. Sometimes yeah, it works out watching, watching YouTube. Sometimes it can work out. Right? Watching Adafruit pays off, you yeah. guys. Alright, excellent project. If you post up anywhere online, you know how to get a hold of me. Let me know. I've already I'll... sent it to Anne. Okay. okay. We'll get the word out. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Excellent work. Good night. All right, so we're gonna go to uh, Brandon, and then we'll go and see how Dilchy's video. Right hey guys, hey, I just want to say hi. Um, oh. I was really cool recently. You guys posted that you now have a seesaw using the AT Tiny sixteen sixteen, which turns out to be the same chip that I did when I created what I call the ACK one. Um, I wanted to get into sort of doing some teaching this year, and so I created. AVR coding 101, which is it, as long as you have some C programming experience, that's really all you need to get into it. It takes you all the way through just doing, you know, general GPIO directly in C code without using Arduino libraries or anything to control the the little, uh, it's right there, the AT Tiny 1616. Mm -hmm. um, and this board pretty much has everything you need to, to learn through the process. So it's got LEDs and it's got buttons and it's got Charlie plexing and it's got a little piezo buzzer. Um, and the great thing about the AT Tiny sixteen sixteen you guys have talked about is all you need to program it now. You don't need a special custom programmer. You just need a, a little serial USB serial adapter. Yeah. And so um, I provide all that in the box, and it, it goes out. And all the course material and everything else is completely open source and available to people. Um, and I've run one group of students through it already. So this is a uh, it's in my GitLab, um, and everybody can find me because if you simply Google Braden Lane, you find me everywhere now. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's got six lessons. It takes you through the entire process. Um, it's all open source. It's MIT, you know, licensed for everything. Um, and so, like I said, I've run one group of students through it already, and I've, I use that to create the videos, which are supplements to the class. So everything is now out there. But I thought it was really kind of cool that it kind of piggybacks with – anybody who might have been looking to pick up your seesaw and still yeah. wants to learn how to code it from scratch. This is also, an easy way to tie it together. Kudos to your documentation. This looks really good. That looks really nice. Nice work. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, feel free to post up any links and then uh, drop a note to either myself or 
Um, you can email support or Ann and <laughs> word out about some of your upcoming courses and, and more. Cool. I appreciate it. You guys have a good day. All right. Got All one right. more to go. Most at least Delchi. Okay. Delchi, okay. Hello. Hey, how goes? Hello. Hey, it's Robot Central. So what we have is the evolution of the stack chain, which I showed you last week. This is nicknamed SignChan. Uh, it's all, I, I redid the, the code in MicroPython. Now instead of just smiling and bopping around, it communicates with my home server, my home web server, and it connects to the Wi-Fi. So what it's doing right now is it's scanning for all the Wi-Fi access points near it. And the little, the smaller screen at the top will give you a scrolling list of the names and the security status <laughs> of all of the Wi-Fi's around That's you. Fun. <laughs> right now, it's counting down how many days left until DefCon, and when it does that, you'll see the DefCon logo spin around, oh. and it communicates with my pie hole, and it tells you how many ads have been blocked in the last 24 hours, oh. and it communicates with Twitter, and it will tell me if anyone's mentioned my name on Twitter. Oh, right on. And every once in a while, it will turn left and right and look around like it's trying to find something. The little and security then it, buddy friend. Yeah. And yeah. With, a, with a battery pack, it will work perfectly. You can, like, put it in your pocket and yeah, pocket war drive practically. Take it out for a walk to different stores in the mall, all sorts of things you can do. And, uh, and it does, the one thing that's kind of, I think it's, I added to the original code is whenever it's doing something, it puts an icon in the upper right-hand corner. So right now you see the Wi-Fi icon, yeah. and when it's doing Twitter, you'll see the Twitter bird, and when it's doing uh, Pie Hole, it has the Pie Hole logo. It has a little different face tattoo. For see, there it goes. <laughs> now, right now it's reading off all the Wi-Fi access points when around. When Twitter, has a little tear. <laughs> All right. Outstanding. So, we'll keep coming back with this robot. It's like watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 for days. Oh, yes. I, I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I don't have the wheelchair update mod for you this week. We had we ran into a setback. Where are, but hopefully next week the uh, the wheelchair mods will be back. We're here every okay. week. All right. Well, thank Bye. you so much. Thank you. Hoorah. Okay. That's our show and tell. We'll start asking engineer just a couple minutes later. It's all worth it because everyone showed and shared some amazing projects. Thank you so much for making this the best half an hour over a week every single week. We'll see everybody next week. And Ask an Engineer starts as soon as I can uh, press a bunch of buttons. Bye. Bye.